Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We also share with so many of you in the United Kingdom, in all the countries where the Queen was head of state, in the Commonwealth and across the world, a deep sense of gratitude for the more than 70 years in which my mother as Queen served the people of so many nations. Now there's your new king, King Charles III. I've been reading an interesting series in the Washington Post. Uh, it's a newsletter based on the British monarchy's transition, and uh, the headline, the title of it, is Post-Elizabeth. This just came on my screen a couple of seconds ago, and we'll talk to the author of this piece and uh the, uh, the author of the series. This is uh, Dateline London. Britain is barreling toward its biggest security challenge since World War II as more than 70 heads of government and hundreds of other dignitaries arrive for the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II and some two million people are expected to line the streets with the royal family planning to walk behind the Queen's coffin. Former London correspondents Mary Jordan and Kevin Sullivan, that's Washington Post correspondents, write police are trying to strike a balance between safety and pageantry. Joining us from London is Autumn Brewington, Washington Post Opinions Editor and author of uh, Post Elizabeth. Autumn, thank you very much. How are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me. Uh, let me start with this whole issue of security. And and you, uh, I just spoke with my last guest, who's one of our chorus radio national hosts. About uh, he's also in London. About security. What are you? Uh, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? Well, certainly uh, there is a very large police presence in London. Uh, London is also filling up with people. As you said, as the Post reported today, they're expecting two million people could line the streets between uh, London and heading off as the procession goes to Windsor. So that's just it's. Part of the security question, honestly, is also just making sure people don't get crushed in just such massive crowds. Yeah, it's a it's a huge, huge undertaking, and uh, we'll see the extent of that on uh, Monday with the televised, internationally televised um, broadcast of the of the funeral. You wrote about the ceremony involved following the, the death of Queen Elizabeth. What has been most compelling to you over the last number of days? I think the respect that people express here, whether it's you know, I was standing in a crowd of people outside Buckingham Palace when the Queen's coffin was brought back earlier this week. And, you know, we'd been standing out in the drizzle for almost two hours and people were chatting to each other and they're sort of tracking the procession on their phones. And then as the um, as we started to see cars, as the procession actually reached, you know, the Victoria Memorial in front of Buckingham Palace, the crowd went silent and remained silent as the Queen's coffin was driven by. And then people clapped after. And just that, you know, as I've talked to a lot of people here and they're trying to figure out how do they feel about the Queen? Is it sort of like losing losing a grandparent? Not exactly, but someone who'd always been a presence in their life. And it's it's just really interesting to see how people are sort of coming to terms with what did what did the queen mean to them? What did the royal family mean to them? And how to express that? 
Yeah. I, I'm always fascinated with Americans' interest in the royal family. In the royal family, the head of the royal family, the queen, or in this case, it's King Charles III now is the head of state of this country. But could you speak, please, to the interest Americans have, even the fascination Americans have with the British monarchy? Fascination is a good word. I think Americans are very interested in celebrity. And because we don't have a royal family, it can be hard sometimes to see the distinction between sort of regular celebrities and royalty. Royalty are is another form of celebrity, I think, to most Americans. You know, these are people who make the headlines. Um, that's... They're are a lot of reasons that people are interested in royalty. Sometimes it's the personalities. Sometimes, you know, it's the history and the tradition. It's just not something that we have in our country. And the idea that it continues to be the same people, whereas in the United States, you know, when you see political figures rise and then, you know, maybe people sort of become invested in like the first family, well, the people who are usually the first family in America are only there for four or eight years. Yeah. You know, uh, tea belongs in cups, not in harbors. You you could have the monarchy. You, you could have uh, the King Charles could be your head of state, but we don't want to go back to 1778, do we? Uh, we don't. A little humor. I think for, for us, the revolution started in 1776, but we're very happy. Oh, 1776, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I get some of these dates mixed up. You wrote about some of the backlash to the length of time between the Queen's passing and Monday's funeral. I found that interesting, and some of it had to do with uh, the closure of fast food restaurants. So what? Share that with us, please. Well, so after the Queen died, it was declared that there would be 10 days of national mourning, through, which I think covered all of the various um, plans and procedures that were in place um, to get ready for the funeral and the different um, proclamations and acts of accession, things that would happen. And I think immediately, sort of, we saw right away, you know, Premier League post postponed games and things were kind of closing out of respect. And then uh, Monday was declared a bank holiday here because it's a state funeral. And it's my understanding that with a bank holiday, businesses do not have to close. Employees do not automatically get the day off. And as as morning has gone on, um, it seems there are some divisions with some people sort of saying, well, she was the head of state. You know, how if we're not going to recognize this, what are we going to recognize? How would we do this? And other people sort of very, I think, practically pointing out um, they might have waited a very long time for that doctor's appointment that has suddenly been canceled or rescheduled because now the office will be closed on Monday. Hospitals are rescheduling non-urgent surgeries. Um, hotels hotels closing mean that people who you know might who have traveled now no longer have a place to stay on that day. So there's been. Uh, back and forth as people have sort of tried to figure out the practical fallout of now there's a holiday that was unexpected. Yeah. Is there a moment, uh, perhaps something you witnessed, that will particularly stay with you that you may not have written about in uh, in your in your post-Elizabeth series? Is there a moment? Um, so I stood in the queue the other night 
And it was so, it was quite an experience spending, I think I walked with a group of people for about eight hours and just chatting with them and sort of learning about the British sensibility about cues and how cueing is something you are taught to do, you know, as a young child. And it's just, it's part of, you know, the accepted order of things and the way that people kind of looked out for each other if someone stepped out of line to, you know, get something to drink or to go to the bathroom, like how they would welcome them back, which is not the same as sort of tolerating people jumping ahead in the line. And it was... I, I really enjoyed just getting to know these people I was suddenly in close proximity to for quite a while. Yeah, um, yeah. They, they've, they've, I, I feel like there was a camaraderie there that um, people have been sort of tweeting about and kind of otherwise sharing on social media, you know, feeling like these are new friends. These are, these are people who, you know, kind of might've been drawn in for slightly different individual reasons, but all sort of a shared purpose and destination. And I also thought, I I remember checking my watch when I got to the top of the steps in Westminster Hall, and it was 1.44 a.m. And the line was proceeding very slowly and just, you know, having a few minutes to stand in Westminster Hall and sort of look around. I was very struck by, there are plaques on the floor to mark people who have spoken there. And so there was one for Nelson Mandela, and there was one for uh, King George V. And I saw one, you know, marking Charles I, and there were four for Queen Elizabeth II. And I just thought that was very powerful. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.